unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And after a week off, back at it again on the JAS Podcast. Thank you so much for hitting that play button. Coming up on today's show, a good friend of the program, Trace Trollkill. He's going to join us to talk about league restarts, UCF sports, and he's going to be helping me out on today's edition of the TV theme clothes. We're going to actually do several of them today. Trace is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a moment. A couple of things I just wanted to touch on briefly. First, congratulations to uh, last the last guest on our show, Brianna Sorensen. She is uh, now going to be working with ESPN inside the NBA bubble. So uh, great news for Brianna. Congratulations on that. And speaking of the four-letter network, uh, now I go into my critical mode of the worldwide leader. As I've had a chance recently to uh, check out some uh, KBO, Korean baseball, on ESPN the last uh, few weekends, you know, ESPN does that thing that drives me crazy, and it's not paying attention to the game they are covering. Now, I understand they are not in Korea, that they are doing these from, you know, virtual home studios to do these broadcasts, but they do everything but the game, it seems like. They load up three or four guests, so they put the little Brady Bunch Zoom box down the right side of the screen, uh, with uh, Jason Benetti, uh, who I really like. His his play-by-play work is outstanding. Jessica Mendoza, and then they'll have a guest, and they'll sit there and talk about uh, all things. Now, look, I know we're not going to embrace uh, the KBO like RMLB, but if you're going to show the games, show the games. All this other stuff is stuff that you can relegate to the studio shows. And again, that's one of my biggest frustrations uh, with ESPN. And uh, how about their new radio lineup? Now, ESPN Radio is not the powerhouse it used to be. And they have decided to revamp the lineup. Uh, Wingo and Golick are out as the morning show. Uh, they're going with uh, uh, Zuba Minetti and uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Jay Williams as the morning show. Keyshawn, I think, will be the guy who brings the most juice to the table for that. But basically retooling their lineup, they haven't really made much of an improvement. If anything, I think they've regressed. They're forcing Mike Greenberg back on us. You know, they uh, they have made them their number one star for whatever reason. So now after he does his get-up morning show on TV, he'll be spending a couple hours on the radio. They're doing the same thing with Max Kellerman, taking him from his daily bouts with Stephen A. Smith. And to me, they're just not, they're not making the lineup any, any more, I don't know, worthy (laughs) of making all these changes. It just seems like they're kind of stuck in the mud. And the one show, now I I will freely admit, I am not the the biggest Dan Levitard fan. And I'm, and it's not like I would not listen to a show. I listen on occasion. And, you know, I'm just somewhere in the middle on Dan Levitard. I don't, I think he's one of those guys that uh, uh, falls in the line of either love him or hate him kind of thing. Uh, I fall somewhere in the middle, but his show is the only show on that network that has any juice and they're taking an hour away from it. (laughs) Okay. 
uh, again, I trust they have to find something for the TV people to do in order to uh, fulfill the big salaries that they continue to pay them. So that's why they're doing some of these uh, lineup changes. But, yeah, it's a meh. And quickly, before we get to Trace, the Washington Redskins name, no more. Although, on the announcement that they sent out saying that they were going to retire the nickname, they sent it on Washington Redskins letterhead. Hello. And the real big thing that I take from all this is, you know, Dan Snyder, uh, several years ago, said the Washington Redskins would never change the name. And he said, you can put that in caps. Never. Well, Danny boy, never say never. (laughs) Nobody saw 2020 coming. And rest assured, Dan Snyder's not doing this because he's ultra sensitive all of a sudden. It's that FedEx money that was about to come out of his wallet that is making him make the change. And now we are excited to welcome back to the program my former colleague of the Nightline Sports Network, who is now in the f- a free agent. He's the man, the myth, the legend, Trace Troco. How are you, bud? Doing well, Jeff. How are you? How are you handling all of what's been going on around us? It's certainly strange times. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I have spent more time at home in the last uh, few months and then probably collectively in the 20 years I've lived in the house. So uh, it's uh, it is pretty crazy. Uh, how about you? Uh, a lot of at home time, obviously, but uh, I just got back from uh, vacation. And even though it's a three and a half hour flight out to Denver to visit family, I, uh, I guess a combination of being cooped up for some months and wanting to hit the road uh, and not wanting to be on an airplane, I actually drove out to Denver some 1,800 miles, made some stops along the way at some roadside attractions, visited some friends, and uh, ate some good food along the way and then spent a week out in Denver. And so um, I'm back from vacation and it was good to see family and friends and not be at home and see America, you know, all of the uh, highways and byways and tumbleweeds and uh, flatland and all of that. 12 states, 4,000 miles. So, so this was a <laughs> Chevy Chase style type vacation. Yeah, with no hijinks, no hijinks <laughs> along the way. Yeah, pretty straightforward, and uh, uh, I don't know if it was relaxing and laying on the beach, but uh, it felt good to get out and catch up on some podcasts along my drive, uh, my long drive, including yours, which I tune into every week. Well, I do appreciate that, my friend. And uh, so we're going to talk a little sports here, and we're also going to talk TV themes because uh, I know that's one of your favorite segments of the show, which uh, I'm glad that uh, little piece that ends the show is starting to take off. It's uh, kind of fun for me to do and uh, uh, helps uh, helps keep bring some lightheartedness to, 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 the, to the world of podcasting, if you will. So let's uh, start sports-wise, you know. So we're starting to see – Leagues about on the brink of restart, the NBA, the MLS in the bubble, baseball. Um, Let's kind of take these quickly one at a time. Let's look at uh, baseball. They're not going the bubble route, but they're going the quote-unquote regional routes, uh, keeping teams uh, within their geographical area. And uh, what are your thoughts on the 60-game baseball regular season? 
Uh, you, you didn't see it there, but I rolled my eyes a bit. Uh, I'm not a fan of the 60 uh, games. I think it's regrettable on all parties' part that it took them so long when they had a window of opportunity to uh, bring baseball uh, back as America's pastime and instead millionaires and billionaires bickering uh, about dollars and cents and not a lot of common sense uh, during that. I, I'm not a fan of the 60 games. Um I don't know. I don't know. I had a conversation with a friend, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, whether you put an asterisk on this for baseball or any sports uh, with abbreviated seasons, um, you know, on their champions. Uh, am I going to be glad baseball's back? Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know. I, th I think you've got already some David Price and, and others that say they're not going to play. And I think our new reality, at least for the, the time being, is that you're going to have some folks that uh, test positive or maybe asymptomatic or quarantined, and it's, it's just going to be very disruptive for the team. So uh, do I expect the Baltimore Orioles to be your uh, Major League Baseball uh, World Series champions in a couple of months? No, but anybody's guess who might win it all uh, with roster management that will be needed to get through things. Yeah, and yeah. just a very small portion of uh, what a regular season normally is. And yeah, I would have to say for baseball, you have to put an asterisk next to the champion. Maybe not so much in the NBA and NHL because I mean, they had the bulk of their seasons in play uh, before trying their restarts. Uh, and so let's go to the, the restart of that. The NBA is going to do the bubble out at Disney World. Uh, they've had a few, uh, uh, just a few tests uh, turn back, turn back positive. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Disney World bubble for the National Basketball Association? Well, certainly easier to do a bubble like that for the professional leagues. Uh, you know, I will say though that if you have some players that are on a team that you might expect to contend for a title, such as the Lakers or Milwaukee, that are suddenly unavailable. Uh, I'm not. I'm not dismissing the uh, putting the asterisk back on. Uh, you know, again, it doesn't mean one of those two teams is going to be the champion. But uh, if they're missing their key players and then they don't make a run uh, to the finals, uh, I think people are going to say it was because of what was going on around COVID. And obviously, everybody's in the same circumstances. So. I don't know. History is going to be an interesting judge of all of this. Uh, it'll be good to see him back. I'll tell you what, I think for the NBA, uh, they've been out so long. And what requires uh, NBA professional basketball players to be in basketball shape is different than keeping up with your cardio and the weight room and shooting hoops uh, at your, your in-home gym. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see the uh, level of fitness that they have when they hit the court. Do you think they should have these quote-unquote uh, little play-in schedule to get to the playoffs, or do you think they should have just gone straight to playoff basketball? Because I think it's almost, for the most part, settled. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I would argue, and I'm not the biggest NBA fan until we get really way to the end, that I think it's too long a regular season anyway, and we already know pretty much who's in the playoffs every year. Uh, but I think it'd, get a, it'd be good for them to get their legs under them uh, for some games. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'm familiar, you are as well with the, uh, you know, the, the facilities out at Disney. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going to have uh, good courts and all of that to play on. It's gonna, I think it's going to be interesting, I think, as we see with some of the sports, uh, MLS back, uh, interesting to watch games without fans. Uh, and uh, I'm curious your opinion on, uh, I don't know how much soccer you watch, but piped in crowd noise versus natural sound. I told a buddy of mine, I can live with it either way. I get used to the hum of the, the crowd if they pipe it in, but I like the nat sound too, 
because I like hearing what they're talking about on the on the field. Uh, yeah, coaches I'm with you. yeah, I'm with you on that because I do I do like the uh, the natural sound that this opportunity gives. You know, they it gives them a great opportunity to really uh, get you more inside the game than you've ever ha- had that chance before. Uh, to me, the piping into the crowd noise, I just. I don't. I just don't like artificial enhancements. Uh, now I know we get that with uh, advertising and things along that nature, but yeah, the the artificial sound I'm not really too keen on myself. You remember from the uh, World Cup some years back? Where was it? South Africa, where they had the Vuvuzelas? Oh uh, yes, they're, they're a little yeah. annoying. That's what I think we need to pipe. We need to pipe those in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That would be, that would be interesting. And of course, you mentioned the MLS Orlando City off to a, a nice start as the host team in the MLS bubble. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Now, Orlando City has had uh, a history of getting off to good starts and flailing badly. Uh, this is, of course, a much more condensed kind of thing going on. What do you think? Well, they normally get off to a good start in March, April, May, and then begin to flail in June, July, and August. So if they reverse that, maybe they've just stemmed the tide <laughs> when, when they'll fall apart. Because normally it's about summer, uh, midsummer, when they fall apart. They're off to a good start. I'll tell you what, I uh, this World Cup-style bracketing and group play that they're doing now is their, their rev back uh, to action. I kind of like. Um, I don't know how they could replicate it during a regular season, the regular season is so long. And of course there's great uncertainty about when they end this tournament in a couple of weeks, they plan to resume play in their home markets. So it'd be interesting to see if they, if that's going to happen. And certainly this is the same conversation with everything. Can you do it? Can you do it with fans? It's one thing to be in a bubble and not all of the teams, uh, Dallas and Nashville didn't even make it into the bubble. Uh, you know, so can they make it through the bubble without anything? And then what happens when they go back into their home markets? Uh, but at least it's sports and they've been creative about the time frames they're on. You know, there's a 9 a.m. Eastern game. There's a late game. So uh, it's interesting uh, to see if they get some ratings traction, whether MLS might say, hey, just like the Premier League, maybe we'll throw a game on at nine in the morning and see what the interest is in it for TV purposes. But I don't know how much fans would like it going to the games, uh, but I'm glad to have soccer back. You know, as sports have come back, I've thought it's interesting. There's certain things that I just don't pay much attention to. Uh, UFC, uh, NASCAR, for example. So the fact that they've been on, eh, you know, I'm not any more likely to tune into them than I was before. Uh, now with MLS as a fan of Orlando City and soccer, I am watching those games. So, uh, just because it's on, I don't know that necessarily means people have a greater interest in watching something uh, just because there hasn't been sports, for example. Although at least now with the, uh, you know, with so many people being at home and, the you know, time shifts and things like that, uh, having some things on during the day uh, might prove to be a, a little bit de- beneficial since our, our viewing habits have somewhat been altered. True, true. We'll, we'll see what they... Uh, Ratings-wise, uh, I've been traveling, so I haven't really gotten to experience it, but I know they've got the 9 a.m. Eastern starts uh, for some games. And, uh, you know, uh, it uh, it is at least amidst great uncertainty and chaos is a little piece of what we expect from uh, the summer and uh, having sports on. Yes, and it, it will be good because there's only so much. Uh, I love the nostalgia sports, but uh, there's only so much of that you can you can continue to watch and uh 
you know, I think this will be good to at least have the live sports back. So now, you know, we look at uh, college sports. Now the pro leagues have the, you know, they're much more condensed, you know, they got 30 or 32 teams and they can control that environment. With college sports, you have hundreds of teams, you have a multitude of sports. So there's a lot more you got to try to wrangle around to, to work, deal with the COVID. So let's really kind of talk about football because that's really what people want to know because, uh, you know, the National Football League is going to attempt to start up. College football, it's 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 becoming interesting because now we've had a couple of leagues go, uh, you know, Ivy League says no, no. Big Ten says conference only. Other power fives are looking at that uh, opportunity. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot over the next few weeks on what our future of college football is for 2020. Well, you know, it's one of those things to me that the storyline hasn't really changed in all these months is, is my opinion on this. Uh, I just think we're moving the time frames with which decisions need to be made. You know, you mentioned 30 teams, 32 teams, uh, professional leagues that rely a great deal on TV revenue. The NFL could play in empty stadiums. They're certainly going to lose the, the gate, uh, the, you know, the, the revenue from tickets and all of that, but more than 50% or right around that number, as I recall, uh, their revenue comes from their TV contracts. And you know, if you've got NFL football on uh, Sundays and Monday nights, people are going to tune into that. And uh, they can survive with a TV-only environment. Uh, some of those billionaires will take a hit in the wallet, but they'll get through it. They'll get through it. College, you know, at the 1A level, what the FBS level, 130 schools, and they're not all created equal. I mean, there's a great deal of financial difference between South Alabama and Alabama uh, and how they're going to test and you know this from many years of experience in press box, all the logistics in a game day operation from your stat crew breathing all over one another, close proximity to your radio booth, to your PA announcer. And you just think about all of the sports. I mean, you, what on a game day for UCF, you've got some hundred athletes, trainers, assistant coaches, uh, all of the, the ticket takers, all of this stuff that goes on security. And even if you do it without fans, it's still human beings in a contact sport. So, and they can't bubble them. You know, you can bubble LeBron out at NBA for in Disney. You can't bubble Dylan Gabriel. I mean, they're, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 year old college students. What do you want them to do? They're not robots. They're going to go back to their room all day and go on their zoom classes and, uh, it's a lot to wrangle it. And, you know, there's a phrase that I keep thinking of. If it's too big to fail, it's become too big. It's a multi-billion dollar business that now has to happen. And I'm not saying they're not considering player safety, but the ramifications of not having football when it's the money-making sport, you don't have volleyball, soccer, and cross country if you don't have football. Mm-hmm. And this is a big, big deal. I just don't see how they play uh, in what now is ever closer to us a few short weeks away. Yeah, it uh, seems so daunting at that fact. And you, you look at it, you know, not just, you know, the, the the things on and off the field, but you look at what UCF was anticipating for their football season uh, after, after, after having a down year for 10 wins. And I say that with a tongue firmly in cheek. Uh, you know, looking at the anticipation of what this football team could deliver for this season, and now they're going to lose Georgia Tech and North Carolina games again, uh, could be a conference-only schedule. And you, you just look at, at, at that and think, oh, my gosh, this will be disappointing. Obviously, we got to put people safety first. 
but it is going to be a big disappointment if uh, our Knights are not on the football field. Well, I think there's also a difference between the Knights being on the football field in the fall versus the spring because of the ramifications of the NFL draft. As you know, UCF has had uh, multiple players over multiple years selected in the NFL draft, and you wonder uh, who, if they play in the spring, might opt not to play or play a shortened season. We saw it in the Gasparilla Bowl where Gabe Davis opted not to play, and then, of course, some months later would be drafted by the Buffalo Bills. If your spring season uh, you know, takes place uh, March, April, May, who might opt not to play because they might be uh, under consideration in the NFL draft? And then how do you play 8 to 12 games in the spring and come right back again in the fall Ugh, there's just so much to consider, and it's hard to it's hard to talk about the strength of this UCF football team without considering the world around you. But you just want to focus on the X and O's, and they've got a really talented team that is going to contend in the American if they can ever get on the field. Yeah, and, and I, I look at that team coming into play this year. You know, we've lost some uh, key starters, but the guys that are, are next in line. I'm very excited for, you know, I mean, not that Otis Anderson hasn't been a, a frontline player, but he will be more of a featured player. Uh, you're you're going to see, you know, more from Marlon Williams and guys like that. And these were, these are guys that I'm excited to see what the next uh, elevation in their career is going to be. What also affects these teams, and let's just go into the premise that they're going to play. We'll just say fall. I'm going to say with no fans or very limited fans in the stands, what happens when you have someone test uh, positive uh, and they have to be quarantined? The depth that then you're going to need, uh, you know, along your old line, uh, you know, in the position groups, how you navigate a season. Back to the question about asterisks, uh, it's how you use your players and navigate the season if you're playing that I think is going to be interesting because you certainly are going to have some high-profile players that have to sit out if if colleges are being honest in the injuries uh, information that they release. Uh, you know, I mean, has that even been talked about in any formal way? I mean, North Carolina is scheduled to come to UCF Friday, September 4th. When would both of those schools test players? What would they make known to the uh, uh, team that they're playing? Who gets on the plane uh, from Chapel Hill? Uh, or wherever they pick up, you know, whatever their flight goes from to Orlando, who, who are we going to know uh, and, and what they have and, and all of that? Roster management, you, what do they call it in the NBA, load management? Yes. Roster yes. management is going to be so critical to whatever you play because without that bubble, and you're seeing players test positive in that bubble, without that bubble, I don't know how you do it. I don't, I don't, the roster management is going to be – the jobs coaches are going to have to do are going to be very interesting – I know for UCF, if I was Josh Heupel, I would never have Dylan Gabriel, Daryl Mack, uh, any of them in the same room. Uh, they'd be zooming from other parts of the campus. <laughs> I wouldn't want them anywhere near each other. <laughs> but you, you think about that because you, you're now talking about the the level of complexity that's going to take to keep people healthy, and the and the you know and one plan you know begats another ten questions. It seems like uh, so we're still dealing with so many unknowns. So many unknowns, and you know it was one thing to have unknowns in April and May, and then we get to June. But you know you're getting close to training camp time, uh, and you know 
unlike the multimillionaires that are in the NBA and Major League Baseball, you know, not all of these college kids come from the same backgrounds financially. And with gyms, their local gyms being closed for periods of time, uh, what access to weight room equipment, what has the nutrition been like? And you can say a kid needs to stay fit and healthy. And it doesn't mean that they haven't. It doesn't mean that they aren't running. It doesn't mean that they aren't lifting weights, but maybe they're not doing it in the same type of controlled environment. And I know this phrase has been said, kids in some ways might be safer on their campuses than they might've been back at home is one consideration, but the uniformity of it, not all weight room equipment is created equal for all of these UCF players. And look, where's Dylan Gabriel been before he came back for voluntary workouts? He's been in Hawaii, 5,000 miles away from Orlando. Uh, so, you know, a lot of different environments that I, what do they like? They like uniformity. They like conformity. They like everything the same every day for everybody. You're all going to eat these nutritional items and you're going to work out on this schedule. And they've all been doing whatever they've been doing honor system for months. What kind of shape will they be in, uh, is, is another interesting question. And how quickly can you get them ready for game day? Yeah, and like I said, we're going to learn a lot more as we uh, get uh, get closer and uh, conferences decide you know what they what they're going to do, and uh, we'll be interesting to see if fall football is on the menu. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to do an expanded. Really, the real reason Trace is here is for the TV themes. <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with a few selections from Trace's favorite television shows, and we'll do that right after this. Five reasons why you should listen to or advertise with Captain and Company in the morning. One, just under four decades of professional broadcasting experience. AM, FM, online. Two, programming music you listened to before you settled down and started a family. Three, live every weekday morning just as reliable as your automobile. Four, no spin doctor here. I just can't fix stupid. Five, if you got this far, please go back to reason number one. Weekday mornings right here on your favorite online station. Our primary objective is to keep the groove. I got peace. Oldschool101.com. Forget about it. And yes, as we do an expanded edition of our TV themes this week, that is Trace Trollco's favorite show, and mine as well, Seinfeld. Love Seinfeld. If I'm flipping through on any channel, if there's three minutes left in an episode, I'll sit through the three. If there's 12 minutes, I'll watch it from the duration. I know the lines, I know the episodes, and uh, that very familiar, very short uh, but very familiar, one of the most popular TV shows of all time, that theme song, 
certainly resonates with a lot of people. Some 30 years, is it? No, 20, 20 years? Well, 30 years after its debut, 20 years after it went off the air. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, and that's not really what I would consider one of your classic TV themes. It's basically like a background drop under Jerry's monologue going into the show. Um, and it's, you wouldn't consider it a, you know, a classical theme type, almost more like a, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, just like a music bed. But uh, it's an unmistakable sound. I mean, you hear that sound, you know it's Seinfeld. That's right. That's right. But and it's funny when you mention that, and I've heard on your show uh, the uh, quote unquote classic songs, uh, classic theme songs. I love how they laid out the entire premise of a show in what in some cases were two, three minutes uh, or two minutes long. You know, here's a story of a lovely lady. You know, you got the whole premise of the show right in that theme music and <laughs> a big difference. But even nowadays, you don't even have themes like you did with Seinfeld, even though that was just a, a music bed and short. Now you, you don't even have those in, in many cases. Yeah, pretty rare. So uh, tell me, who is your, in the nine years of Seinfeld, who is your favorite Seinfeld character? My favorite Seinfeld, you mean of the four characters or, or, or side characters or? Uh, either one, take your pick. Well, probably Jerry. I mean, I guess Jerry uh, probably is uh I don't know. That's a hard, uh, put me on the spot with that question. I'll, I'll tell you mine while you think about it. Uh, so mine is George because I just, uh, you know, especially when it comes down to, you know, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll stick with Jerry uh, just because his, a lot of his peculiarities I identify with, you know, he wouldn't date the woman based on how she ate her peas and yeah, you know, all those sorts of things. Uh, so he had a lot of, Fresh in the toilet bowl and yes, a lot of quirks. <laughs> yes, and you know, I, I, this you did not know about me, and not many people do. Uh, my wife and I, uh, you know, through the number of years have had pets, we had a run of Seinfeld names for the pets, yeah. and our first one was an Airedale Terrier mix, and uh, he would come into the room like Kramer, kind of like that, come in the door and come to a quick, quick halt. <laughs> so he was our first. And, uh, and then- uh, Was he yeah. Kramer or Cosmo? Yeah, well, he was Kramer, but we would call him Cosmo Kramer. Uh, yeah, we definitely used the full routine with him. So we had a, we had a Laney, we had a Georgie, and we had a Jerry who actually uh, was just passed away a couple of months ago after a, a long 15 year life. So, uh, Though we went with the, the the main four, the wife would not let me name any of the pets Newman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would think when you'd come home, you would love to just go, hello, Newman. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what I wanted it for. So that's oh, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Seinfeld, of course, ran 89 to 98 on NBC and continues a long fruitful life in the world of syndication. So our next theme, we go sci-fi.
And that is the theme from The X-Files, Trace. Yeah, good show, good show. It's, uh, I'm not much of a binge watcher a lot because I don't have the time. I don't know how people do find the time, even in the environment which we're in, where they'll say they watch 10, 12 episodes, they watch six seasons of a show. Uh, but that is one show I'd actually like to go back and revisit. Uh, uh, the Monster of the Week episodes, I think they did a great job with. They got a little bogged down in the conspiracy uh, arc of the the, uh, the premise of the program. But overall, I thought that was that was pretty good, scary monster stuff. Pretty good show. And if I ever find the time, that's on my, I don't know if binge is the right word, but I would rewatch it because it's been a while since I saw those episodes. And again, with a, with a drama like that, not as easy as with a comedy. I can land on any Seinfeld. I don't need to know anything about any episodes before it to enjoy it. But with the X-Files or the conspiracy, all of that, I, I, I would have to watch it from the beginning to fully appreciate it again. You would need to make time for nine seasons and 202 episodes. Yeah, um, well... Yeah, so they they, they ran from uh, 93 to 2002 on Fox, and then uh, they came back later. They did a couple of movies, and then they uh, came back later and had a couple of seasons run uh, not that long ago. Uh, Six episodes of Brandon in 2016. Which I watched. And then the 11th season of the 10 episodes. Uh, After that, they ran in 2018. What did you think of the reboot? I did not go back in and watch, uh, obviously, 200 and, what was it, 202 episodes. Yes. I did not do that. I thought it was fine. It was good to revisit the characters. Uh, you know, I, I was a little shaky on my knowledge of all of the, the, the backstory at that point because it had been off the air for so many years. Uh, were you an X-Files guy? Uh, did you enjoy the show? Yes, I did. No, I really enjoyed the show quite a bit. And it was, uh, you know, it was, and I love the contrast in the, the, the characters, you know, Mulder and Scully. Uh, the way they played that out. That was always very fascinating. And they, and always that underlying, will they or won't they, part of the relationship that uh, was was evident there as well. Uh, no, I was a big fan of the show. And uh, uh, it was and it's definitely a different kind of show. It's not your typical, uh, you know, crime drama, you know, you figure for FBI agents. Uh, so it, it, I definitely love the uniqueness of that program. I think it also speaks to something uh, in people thinking about uh, either, you know, extraterrestrials or with, you know, science fiction, space themes. I think that's something that through time uh, is uh, of an area of interest with people. And uh, certainly for me, that's the case. I, I think about, uh, you know, what about Area 51? Uh, are there... Uh, are there uh, beings on other planets? Have they stopped by to visit? Uh, of course, in the midst of everything going on now, we haven't heard much about the aliens wanting to stop by and say hi to us. <laughs> so uh, their, their visits, I guess, like travel all over the, the globe. Uh, the visits from the extraterrestrials has declined uh, of late because I haven't heard any UFO sightings uh, yeah. recently. They, they, they don't want any part of the COVID, apparently. That's for sure. Well, speaking of space, we have this too. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, 
to boldly go where no man has gone before. And that, of course, the theme from the iconic Star Trek original series, starring William Shatner in the 1960s, Iran for only three seasons of their five-year mission on NBC. Yeah, our, our continuing five-year uh, journey. Yeah, no, you're not getting five years. That one is actually one I am rewatching. Um, I started to rewatch during the stay-at-home is the original Star Trek, because I had watched the most recent incarnation, the Picard show on the CBS All Access Network. And it, uh, I've really gotten into that in that I'm, listen to this, this is all sort of sci-fi nerdy. I'm listening to a companion podcast that recaps the original Star Trek episodes. So how about that for really digging deep on this? This is why, I, the, by the time I get to the X-Files, it's going to be a long time away because I've got to make it through the, what was it, 60-some-odd episodes across three seasons. And yes. yes. Which is funny, too, by the way, is that Picard was 10 episodes. And back in the 60s, I think they had 26 or 28 episodes the first season of Star Trek. So, I, oh, I'll get through season one. Oh, my goodness, it's 20-some-odd episodes. But I like the morality play the, the big discussion, uh, a reflection on society that was presented in Star Trek and sort of my uh, foreign policy philosophy, do no harm, do no harm is my foreign policy Follow philosophy. Follow the prime and directive. And I appreciate that in Star Trek. Yeah, that's uh, definitely great stuff. And uh, uh, interesting uh, enough, uh, you know, uh, you look at a character like Spock and I always wanted to, to know, I always wanted to be able to do the Vulcan grip that would, you know, paralyze people for a brief moment. That was always wonderful. Um, you know, I saw something very interesting recently that uh, I had, had not seen before or didn't remember. I One late night, I came across some old airings of the Carol Burnett show, and they ran one from back in the 60s, and they had run one with the, uh, a skip called The Invisible Man, and they had come up with some potion for The Invisible Man to be seen. So the, you know, Harvey Corman's voicing the character. He walk, you know, allegedly walks off stage takes the potion, comes back, and out walks Leonard Nimoy in full Spock uniform. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. Let me ask you a Star Trek question. Um, uh, if you could have one technology from Star Trek, what would it be? That's Call it one deck, uh, beaming. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen it's, I don't know what channel, Discovery or whatever it is, where they talked about the, the technology and the science of Star Trek. Boy, they were so far ahead with what, you know, microwave oven or their, you know, Nextel type phones or, you know, their, their communicator devices. There are so many things that they were talking about uh, that, that came to fruition. Zoom communication <laughs> like we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I, I would have to say the transporter beam would probably be the one, if, 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 you know, because, uh, you know, the one thing I have enjoyed from being at home is not being in rush hour traffic. So if we have to go back into office space, the transporter beam would be right up my alley. 
What about the holodeck? Do you like if in that you could beam anywhere? Let's assume it's baseball season. And you're going to just beam in after uh, whatever your day is and go to a Braves game. Or now we don't have sports. The holodeck, you could just say recreate this Braves game. I'd like to go back to this one during their heyday in the '90s, for example, or a World Series game. Would you would you like that artificial experience of the holodeck? As long as I could change the outcome to a Braves victory, like in the 96 World Series against the Yankees, absolutely. <laughs> so they'd have won five World Series in the 90s instead of one. That's exactly, I gotcha. That's exactly gotcha. right. That's exactly I like the idea of the holodeck, though, uh, just because you'd be able to go anywhere and do anything, but I'll take either one of them. Yeah, definitely would be good stuff. And now we uh, shift over into a uh, more cartoon type today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But we're those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely. Half and cry. And that is the theme from Family Guy. And Trace, you know, that, that theme song uh, certainly very distinct. It almost sounds like a closing number as opposed to an opening to a show, but it's, it's still excellent. And I think, and I don't know this specifically, but I'm guessing here that it pays some homage to All in the Family as Archie and Edith would uh, sing the opening theme song to that uh, 70s iconic TV show. Yes. This by no means, while I sounded all highbrow with my sci-fi knowledge and uh, X-Files and Star Trek, this is total garbage. This is total uh, trash. Uh, some, what is it now, 18 years, 17, whatever it is. Uh, and this is another one, though, that I can land three minutes into it or three minutes left, and there's just enough gags in the, the you know, they offend everyone. They pick on every group. Uh, I wish that at some point Seth MacFarlane, the creator who I've, think is tremendously creative uh, and his body of work during his career is so creative. I wish they would have done a contest, which I would have entered, I can't tell you how many times, to sit in on a session of the writer's room when they put together an episode of Family Guy. Like who comes up with the idea, we're gonna do a side gag where the Kool-Aid man crashes through the wall into the house. Like the, the, the things, now I think there's probably some uh, uh, drugs at play in the writer's room where they come up with some of this, uh, some uh, uh, you know enhanced enhancements that came up with their creativity. But uh, I, I just think all the side gags, it's just total, shut your brain off. There is no feeling or thinking about anything. It's just dumb. And uh, every once in a while, you need some of that. You, especially in these days, that's for sure. And, uh, and think about this too, that, uh, uh, that this show ran for three seasons on Fox and was actually canceled. And then the popularity of the show, they were able to get it back on Fox and they've been on since what's like 2004 ever since. And since we have a great deal of uncertainty in our world, that's not the case with animated characters. So they could continue on for a long time. Yes, they don't have to social distance and, and do all those things yeah. that other television shows have to do. So they definitely have that uh, definitely have that advantage. And uh, yeah, I do agree with you. I, I, I do like those certain shows that have a little bit of, you know, total nonsense. Like, like Psych to me is one of those shows. It's just total buffoonery. 
and you feel just to feel good after watching it as opposed to, you know, having to, you know, really think with your brain too much about it. Now, there's a lot of animated shows on, and, and there are different ones that I pick up on. I like The Simpsons, but I've never been an, you know, an ardent Simpsons watcher. I mean, that show's been on 30-some-odd years, uh, you know, as a force of pop culture. If there's an episode on and I'm, I'm available, you know, I'll watch it. But I don't know what it is about Family Guy. I just think it's dumb, dumb fun, I guess. Hey, you know, dumb, dumb fun is still fun. That's all, all that really matters. <laughs> well, Trace, this has been a blast. I appreciate you bringing some TV tunes to, to the show. We'll definitely have to uh, uh, do that again. Uh, and I do certainly appreciate uh, all your insights on the sports world that we are looking at today. And uh, why don't you let the folks know uh, where they can follow your activity on social media. Well, I don't do as much on social media as I did as part of uh, Nightline, uh, but uh, I've got my own Twitter handle, at SignPez, right? S-E-I-N-P-E-Z, which is part Seinfeld, and I collect Pez dispensers. So that's the, the P-E-Z part of that. And the Pez dispensers came from the Seinfeld episode with the Tweety Bird Pez dispenser. I went seeking the Tweety Bird Pez dispenser because of the Seinfeld episode, and <laughs> Now, all these years later, I have hundreds of these little pieces of plastic for no particular purpose or reason. And uh, uh, that's how you can follow me if you want to say hi, uh, talk about sports, talk about UCF, talk about anything. I'm game. And uh, unlike Family Guy, which was uh, a dumb show, I was glad to be a part of this very smart show. Uh, that you produce and you do a great job with. Well, you might be the first person to ever call this a smart show. <laughs> but I do appreciate that. Trace Trulco, thanks again so much for being here. Thank you. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.